Another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Whatever you're listening to us on, thank you for joining us. Walshy, hello to you. Very good day, Tony. And a very good day to you, Lyle. It is a good day for me. Thanks. Fantastic day. Of course, that was the music of Mark Henry that brings us in. It was an early version of Mark's intro. Yeah, that was that was one of his one of his entrance to Yeah, the reason we played that is because actually actually his last that was his last entrance tune. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The reason we're playing that is because we caught up with Mark Henry well, for a chat. We did. We yeah. did this earlier today. We which did? Was, we, yeah, we, yeah we, we, did. we did. We did. What, did. what happened? Mark Henry on the phone. Get him on the phone. No, no, no. It was no. in person. We went and met up with him and yeah, it got given a show, we got given a show bag with merch, which Tony for some reason is wearing in the studio. Yeah. It's a great summer slam top. I love it. You have to wear the cap as well. <laughs> I don't like wearing caps that much. But how's the little sticky note thing that we got as well? The little calendar for 2020 they, with sticky notes. We tried to get one for you, Lyle. Yeah. No, um, but they blue, said sorry. They said who? just everyone who was there was yeah. allowed to have one. Only people that were actually on the. We got eight by tens as well signed. Signed. We did too. <laughs> oh, okay, I feel like I've been stitched up here. Was this because you guys are on school holidays or something? I've got to work. Well, while she's been on school holidays for five weeks. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, <laughs> it's nice of you to join us, Tony. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, how did you get rewarded with a Mark Henry interview? You didn't what show you up mean? last week to the Mikey J. I know we're going to talk about Mikey J's interview, but you weren't there for it, mate. I know I was uh, away doing other things. Yeah, yeah. You, you said you had a very important dinner to go to I that did? night. Well, no, I had an important place that I was at last yeah. week. Well, you know, you said you had a dinner. How was the dinner? The dinner was lovely. What'd you have? Did you get the chicken? The, or the AFMA beef? dinner. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it went well. I, from yeah. Did you have a rabbit terrine or what was it? <laughs> I don't think they served that at the MCG anymore. No, from all accounts, the dinner went really well. So you were definitely at this dinner? No, no, no. I never said I was at that dinner. Because something's come across my desk this week. What? Well, I want people to have a listen. Um, apparently you weren't at the dinner. <laughs> Given that <laughs> who is not focus. privy to the finances of it, has Given you? the entire focus. I'm not a director. I've sat through the night. I've arrived late. I've got to the end. And before he finishes, Brian Taylor says... An apology from President Tony Shaviki, who couldn't be here tonight because he had another commitment. I have never laughed as hard as in my life as that moment. It was the thing that on a sad week. I love Shebex. He was before my time at SEN. We made had laughed with him for ten years. I love him. I'm sure he had a commitment. If you are he's the very, president, he's very busy. Hutchie. If you are the president of the organisation. The organisation meets for a day a year. It has one thing to do. You're the president. You send the invite out. It wasn't like you got it in the mail and went, yeah, it's a tough night that Tuesday. I've got something on. He sent the date demo. As a director, how, explain to me, was your president not at the only night of the year that he's required to be at? He had 364 other days to choose from. He could have moved it a week earlier, a week late, the day after, the day earlier. If he said to us, get there at four o'clock, we'd have all down tools to be there. He's the president. How was he an apology on his only night? Even you turned up. I can't believe it. I cannot get my head around how the president was not at the... 
It's not like this organisation meets every day, do they? It's once a year. And you as a director are culpable of this. <laughs> this is a giant stuff up from you and the board. See, hopefully, uh, hopefully our listeners now have, have got an insight into what makes uh, you, you and, and what tickles your fancy, actually, because you, I haven't seen you so worked up about a topic other than that for about six months. Telling a little bit of inner spud there. <laughs> he would have loved that spud. Explain to me where Tony was. Oh, I don't know. Like you, I, I got Brian to the night and I heard he Brian apologise. kids to a baseball game on stage. I was like, no, he's not. No, he's not. All right, so, Tony, where the fuck were you last week? You weren't at the dinner. Look, you weren't here. We, we can understand the, you know, the AFL Media Awards, you know, it comes before the podcast. We understand that. We yeah. know where we stand, but you didn't even go there. No, well, at the last minute, I had to head over to Adelaide to coach a group of kids in baseball. In, what, Have you played baseball before? Never in my life. How are you coaching baseball? <laughs> Is this like the World Series that's on ESPN or just finished? No, 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 no. This was the National Schools Tournament. And the school that I work with had a group of kids that had to go over there. Yeah. And they were teamed up with another group of kids from Queensland, uh, Rabina and the Gold Coast, and we yeah. put a team together and I had to be their coach. Rabina a cordial? No, that's Robina. Oh. oh, sorry, Robina. Yes, Robina's <laughs> the city. Oh, there you've got me. You got it around country. the wrong way. Anyway, I didn't go there. I didn't come here. I was in Adelaide, and everyone just needs to relax. And yeah, it's it was cool. a bit I have of... a life to lead outside of you did, any you, other life. That you did people, you did there was a bit of a pile on in the media over here. Well, I, I copped it from Hutchie. I copped it from Pickers. I copped it from Brian Taylor. Anthony Hudson even got stuck into me. All Anthony, on air. You know you're doing all right when you're getting all those people talking about you, don't <laughs> Anthony you? Hudson have to be the smallest school bully in history. Wouldn't he? He's usually the kid getting his head flushed in the toilet. So everyone just needs to take a chill pill. I've worked hard all year. The function went well. Everything happened like it was meant to happen. It just didn't have me handing out the awards. Next year, will you pick a date where you're available? <laughs> <laughs> Mikey J last week. No, he was... God almighty. All right. Wait until I tell you that I might no. not be able to go somewhere else shortly. What was the result? Uh, no, I don't. You're not going to. You're not going to some. I'm. You're not going to Survivor Series. No, no. I'm definitely going. You're not there. going to Sydney. A big possibility that might not happen. Oh, oh God. Now we got to carry the gear. That's all right. We've already. Um, we've already made him pay his part of the room. So <laughs> we'll see. All right. Yeah. Mikey J was in the studio last week, Tony. You really yes, missed out. Great. You really missed out. But you listened to it, obviously. I heard it. Yeah. What yes. do you think? We think. think uh, well, you, you, right? you didn't hear it. I did hear it. <laughs> what was your favourite part? The part where he spoke about MCW. Thank you for putting my Facebook question to him. Well, I also threw you under the bus. You didn't hear that bit? Surprise. <laughs> He heard all the other ones they yeah. threw under the bus during the weekend. Yeah, not me. Uh, no, but it was good. It was great having him in here. Yeah, he could use it a bit of a uh, sounding board, a lot of listener questions. Hopefully uh, they got answered and yeah, some big things coming up. Yes, yeah. I mean, he, and something he hinted at last week got announced today, which is my boy Royce Chambers. Your boy. Has been yes. announced for MCW9. Uh, he's in a triple threat with Jet. And Emma and the kid, and I cannot wait. Yeah, salivating over that matchup. That's, whew, I could imagine. Yeah, that's going to be nuts. That's, yeah, you won't be there though. No, no, I won't be there. I'll be at Bathurst. <laughs> <These> car racing <laughs> games. 
<laughs> what was the score in the baseball? Who cares? We, about no, we made the grand final. You made the grand final. It was a two-team competition. Uh, anyway, let's let's get to our interview because I'm excited about our interview with Mark Henry. Not as big as I thought he'd be. He's pretty fucking big. He's he's a big boy, but I actually expected that he'd be like a giant. But he's short. Well, he was sitting down. That's a good point. <laughs> Just get to the interview. I'm excited to hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it gives us great pleasure to speak to our second Hall of Famer in about five weeks. Of course, we had Greg the Hammer Valentine a few yes, weeks we ago. Yes, we did. But it's our first World Heavyweight Champion. It is our first World Heavyweight Champion with the WWE. His name is Mark Henry, and he joined myself and Walshie, no Lyle, for a chat. <laughs> All right, it gives us great pleasure to catch up with WWE Hall of Famer and the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Welcome back to Australia, Mark. Well, thank you, man. I'm glad y'all had me. Let's get straight to the reason you're here first and, and tell the people that we've got a big show coming up. WWE Live returns back to Australia in October 21 in Sydney, October 22 in Brisbane and October 23 here at Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. 70,000 people. The world famous. Yeah, exactly. Right, Rod Laver Arena, exactly. 70,000 people turned up to the MCG last year for what was a fantastic pay-per-view. I expect these shows are going to be sellouts as well. I, I think so, and I don't know if you have got the information about the card, but, I mean, there's Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan, Finn Balor and Nakan, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Charlotte Flair and Bailey, The New Day versus The Revival, The Kabuki Warriors versus The Iconics, who yeah. are homegrown talent. Uh, and Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville in a triple threat, and Buddy Murphy and Andrade. Like, but there's right now, arguably, there's nobody hotter than Buddy Murphy, and he's a homegrown product as well. So um, it's, it's going to be an unbelievable uh, card. WWE has always had a, a fairly strong support here in Australia since the very early days. That seems to be increasing even more and more so to the extent now that our wrestlers are on high-profile WWE cards. A lot in Australia seems to have a real prominence with wrestling at the moment internationally. You know what? I, I think that we, we're trying to conquer the world as it relates to um, territories that are not covered, that we walk on. And the WWE has done a great job of traveling internationally and uh, introducing themselves to different organizations as well as countries. And... You know, I, I, I really think that that's what the future, international, WWE international, is, is what's going to be the next thing. I, I mean, the NXT, we're pulling people from all over the world to come to NXT to um, or the performance center now. NXT is its own brand. But um, we're pulling people from all over the world, from China, from India, from Saudi Arabia, from Australia, from Russia and Bulgaria, and, and the list goes on of uh, countries that's represented. Now there's a 7-1 uh, Nigerian guy from Africa training down at the Performance Center who looks like a combination of Andre the Giant and Big Show. I mean, just a humongous human being. So uh, the future is bright, and it's an international thing. How much of a game changer is the Performance Center compared to what developmental was like when you first signed with WWE? Oh my, it's nothing remotely close. Uh, Triple H has done a great job when it comes to the brain trust of uh, 
creating what can sustain the future. It's like creating something that's more sustainable energy than what we already have. Like, that's what was done in wrestling. And um, when I came in, I was the first developmental wrestler. And shortly after The Rock came, about six months, eight months later, and moved in with me. And the first two guys you pick end up being Hall of Fame, which is, you know, that, that just don't happen in any sport. Uh, but um, they, they pick right because they didn't pick with just talent. They pick with colorful personalities. And I think that's what the future is now. That's what's going on right now. The WWE has found a way to find entertainers because, you know, no disrespect to the Miz, but Miz is not the greatest athlete in the world. But he was an unbelievable entertainer. He wanted to entertain. He never was shy. Fear never entered his heart. And he developed every year. And now you look at Miz, and arguably Miz can be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's, he's done a lot, a lot of good work. He's won every title, so you'd expect that one day right. he will get that. Um, and with you coming to wrestling from a, a sports background, and that's a lot of guys now come into WWE yeah. from that sports background, do any of them touch base with you to get your opinions and advice on how they should approach learning how to wrestle? All the time. I can go through my phone right now, and there's um, three or four people that I talk to on a regular basis. Just to, They want critiques as well as um, ideas of what to do next. You know, And uh, that's one of the roles that I play with the company, working in talent development, uh, as well as being an ambassador. Uh, I have a good eye for talent. Um, you know, I was able to uh, convince them to give Daniel Bryan a look and Braun Strowman, uh, Bianca Belair, uh, uh, many, many more. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of people that, uh, Baron Corbin, that I was like, look, you need to pay attention to them. Like, this person needs to come. And I, I, would, I actually went, Braun Strowman was a strong man. And I was like, no disrespect to you. You're too popular and too faint, too vagarious for a strong man. And he was a top ten guy. He wasn't a top three guy. And I was like, you know, you're going to make 50 grand this year, 60 grand. Like, you go come to wrestling and uh, you can make a lot of money. And um, he came to me probably about a year ago and said that, you know, for the first time in his life, he broke a half a million dollars gross. And I, I was like, <laughs> proud, proud. You know, he was just like, thank you. And very humbled, you know, by uh, watching people's success. But that's, it don't matter if you, um, if you have all that talent. If there's not somebody out there to find it, which... Kane and Seaman and, and the team of guys that work in talent development, um, then you won't have talent. You, you, you know, it's just you got, you got to scour the earth, and that's what we do. I think one of the things that impresses me most about WWE is its ability to change the look of its business to be relevant and, and remain relevant. 
I mean, in the, in the entertainment industry for wrestling, it's just putting a couple of people at a ring and they do the job. But things come through, and the WWE's ability to be able to focus on the women as they have in the last couple of years, which has, made, which has kept a real relevance there and the like, its ability to change its look, I think, has been fantastic for the business. Well, it's, it's, it's ever evolving. If you continue to do what was done 10 years ago, then people are going to get bored and stale with it and not going to be entertained. Mm. And, you know, y'all weren't here earlier, but I talked about uh, storytelling and the psychology of pro wrestling. And that is something that has gotten better with time because it's pushed. Like, we want the young people to know the history of the business, where the business came from. And, uh, and if you don't know where something came from, you'll definitely not know where it's going to go. Uh, everything is spreadsheets and, you know, up and down and, you know, trends. And you look at the stock market, it's the same thing. And you look at our roster on all three brands, there is about 75% of the people on those rosters went to college. And about 40% have degrees. So they're smart people. Yeah. Wrestling is not a sport for dummies. Like, you have to understand psychology. And then you have to be able to entertain and apply that knowledge to the fan base to get a triggering emotion out of them. And, you know, I don't know if you ever had a toxic relationship, but that's that's first marriage. (laughs) (laughs) That's what wrestling is. We try to create a toxic environment in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You, you, you're going to laugh, and it's going to be all fun, and, and everybody's going to be happy that they shared a drink, and they got the first kiss. And then in the middle, it's like, I don't know if I really like you. I think you're bad for me. And then there's the up or the down spiral. And then you come out of that. And then at the end, there's resolution. So, like, pro wrestling is complicated. And you can't have dumb jocks doing it because they won't be able to do it well. And that's the thing I love about our business is uh, we have a bunch of smart people trying to have a good time. And more than anything, we want the people that buy a ticket to have a better time than we're having. And... Because our industry is uh, kid-driven, too, is, is kid-friendly. Like, you can bring your kid, and every now and then, somebody will get a kiss, and then everybody go, oh, put your hand over your eyes, you know, to the young kids. But, um, you know, we're a PG brand. You know, you don't get the expletives and, you know, really – hard-to-process conversation in the car on the way home, like, we, we avoid that. And WWE has done a remarkable job at uh, telling guys, look, we need to put smiles on faces. We want people to enjoy our business and to take it home. And the moms go, you know what? That was pretty good entertainment. That, that's, that's what we want. we want. We want that in the car. Now you spoke about WWE evolving over time, and you really evolved your character during your career and there were probably three really distinct characters you played. Um, 
what do you think is the importance of that reinvention for, for a performer? It, it's the life's blood. Like, you have to evolve. And I was having fun. And the first five years kind of sucked because I wasn't good, because I didn't understand that it wasn't about how many moves I did or how many times I picked people up over my head, but uh, it was the emotional involvement that you have to learn. And the next 15 years of my career uh, put me in the Hall of Fame because I was able to do that. And uh, I wanted to be better. You know, I don't know if, 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 it, if it came across like that at the time, but I'm, I've never been average in anything. And if I see somebody else do better than me the next day, believe me, I'm going to try to outdo what they did the day before. And uh, just being competitive, you don't become a world champion in three different sports without being crazy and competitive. Like, I was hyper-competitive. I wanted to win. I wanted to be the best. And even if I wasn't the best, I was going to fall amongst the best. And, um, you know, I, I spent my whole life trying to uphold that. I'm glad you spoke about that competitiveness and that will to win. Because my next question was going to be based around you as a, a strong man and a, a powerlifter and back to the Olympics of 92 and 96. And the fact that you didn't actually achieve a medal in those Olympics, is that something that you regret when you go back through your history? Not at all, because um, I didn't cheat. And I feel like I won because um, three of the guys that won gold medals are dead now. Yeah. They're dead. And if the price for a gold medal is dead before 50, I will take second place and 10th place every week. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm going to be here for my kids. And uh, that's more important to me than um, the winning. If I have to cheat to do it, if I have to uh, hurt my body and, you know, the heart is a very fragile, fragile. The heart and the brain are the two most fragile things in the human body. You got a little flap of skin the size of your pinky nail uh, that separates the aorta and allows blood to go through and it's closed before blood goes back. The heart is a muscle, so if, you start, if it starts growing from all the growth hormone and testosterone, um, now you have leakage. And then when you get what they call pronated valve disorder is what usually starts a heart attack. Uh, I'm not a doctor, I just play one on TV. Um, but that's what makes guys die. And I, three of the three guys that won world championships and Olympic medals are dead, and I think that that's a horrible thing. You're a proud Texan. Proud Texan. Yeah, everything's big in Texas. You're a big well, man. <laughs> Barbecues. Don't tell them. Is it true that you still drive the Hummer that you won in a competition? I do. I got pictures of it in my phone. My my dog feels like it's her car. Yeah. But you know, um, I, I tend to do all the driving. Fantastic. Uh, you mentioned, I heard you mention earlier you love kids. You've got a couple yourself. Is that one of the joys you get to see when you go along to a wrestling event? You get to see the kids smiling yes. and walking out and talking about it. Is yes. that one and of them, the great things? Them touching me on the shoulder when I walk to the ring uh, or when I walk to the ring. 
But the biggest joy I get now is watching, not only watching my kids enjoy wrestling, but when I watch the when I watch the uh, the Raw and SmackDown and uh, NXT to see people like Bianca Belair uh, go to the ring, you know, twirling her hair around, and then you see little girls in the crowd dressed like her. And you see guys, like when I, I remember John Cena was the one the most. Uh, you would see guys, little kids with the headband and the arm wristbands all the way up to the elbow and stuff. Like, I love the fact that kids are doing that for Seth Rollins now and doing that for uh, the Buddy Murphys of the world. And um, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what Vince says the most is, you know, guys, we're here to put smiles on faces. If if the if the kids don't smile and are happy, mom and dad are not gonna buy those tickets again. We got to make it friendly and fun for everybody in the family, and um, I think that that we do a good job. Now you achieved a lot in your wrestling career, world champion, uh, Hall of Fame. What was the absolute highlight for you? If you had to put it down to one, that that I get that question every interview, and. As much as I have to pay respect to Randy Orton, um, who I beat at Hell in a Cell, and my Hall of Fame or my retirement speech, um, I hope that was the chair. Um, (laughs) But I would have to say to the main event, at WrestleMania against Undertaker, WrestleMania 22. It just don't get better than that. You know, I mean... Massive crowd. The, you know, I mean, it was... I, I was in an indoor arena. I, I didn't. We didn't have that match, and we had that match in Chicago at the Allstate uh, Arena. Well, it was a Rosemont back then, but now it's the Allstate Arena. Uh, and it was 19,000. I will take that over being at an outdoor arena and not being in the main event against the Undertaker. Yeah. Like, that was special. And um, I think that if, if I was to have my life all over again and they said, well, there's only one thing, only one thing that you, that you can relive over again, I would be like, I want that. Final one for me. Better powerlifter, better yourself or Brian Shaw? What's that? Brian Shaw. Was he a better powerlifter than yourself or was it you? Bradshaw? Yeah, Brian Shaw. Brian Strowman? No, Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw? Yeah. Uh, I think I was a better powerlifter. Brian Brian Shaw is a better strongman. I think that if I had to compete against him now, uh, prime for prime, it would be really close. But I think that we both would get beat by Zadrunas Savickas mm. uh, in Strongman. But all of these guys, I, I love them to death. Like, you know, we share. Um, we're like brothers, you know. And, you know, I get upset when I hear stories about people taking drugs or something like that. But for the most part, like, everybody respects each other. Because we realize that we're an anomaly. There's only about 10 of those guys that really can do it at a high level. Yeah. Everybody else, they don't have a chance when they come to the competition. 
at top 10, somebody in the 10 to 7 might have a great day, and they might get third. But the top three guys on their tombstone is going to be winners. They were winners. Yeah. And Brian Shaw is one of those guys. He's going to go down in history as one of the greatest strongmen of all time. And, you know, I, I, I always try to uh, not break my own hand patting myself on the back. But I, I always tell those guys, I want to see somebody best my 850 front squat. Yeah. And, you know, that that that, that 850 front squat – and the lifting the Thomas Inch overhead in one motion, pretty damn hard to do. And then there was another guy called Eddie Hall who had this mohawk. He could have been one of the. He Eddie, could have been Eddie real was character. great. He, yeah. was, he was world yeah. champion. He could have been a wrestling character for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I still wish that he would, you know, um, give it a shot. But he's, you know, he's an old guy now. He's like, man, I'm not taking no bumps. <laughs> no, nobody's slamming me. It's a shame you're not going to be here for the AFL Grand Final on Saturday because I heard that you can kick a ball about 25, 30 metres and one of the teams might have been able to use you, well, you should there what? be an injury. I, I, I would have loved to be able to be called on as long as nobody hit me. Yeah. No, no. So if somebody hit me, I'm calling the police. I'm sure AFL footballers will be coming near you to try and do that. Don't worry. Thank you so much, Mark. We really appreciate your time right, man, here I on the show. Thank you, man. It's fine. WWE Live coming to Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne, 21, 22, 23 of October. Still buy your tickets now. And I want to give it all to you. Yeah, right on. I'm right here for you. I know it's going to be good to you. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, baby. Part two of the show tonight, Mark Henry. What a ripper bloke. Yeah, it was good. I mean, the only disappointing thing is we're actually with him for 30 minutes, Lyle. But the yeah. first five minutes was Tony trying to talk to him about baseball, to which Mark responded he'd rather watch someone paint a house than watch baseball. He did say that. You should have left that in. I know you went on to talk no, about no, baseball. The, we, we weren't the last 10 minutes was Tony telling him about how he's going to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is... Is that I could get looked after. <laughs> well, it's all about him. Yeah, well, of course. I, he, no, it's all about the show. If I get looked after, then we're gonna, hopefully going to get interviews. Yeah, It'll be interviews of you talking about, to people about baseball and motorsport for 20 minutes. <laughs> Tell you what, I, I, I was actually concerned because I thought Hartley Jackson was actually going to come and throw me out of the freaking room. I was, and he uh, could too. Because he was acting as security there for yeah. the night, <laughs> after the interview. I was going to help him. Oh, he's <laughs> a big boy, Hartley Jackson. Big. Yeah. But no, yeah, you did well, guys. Even even though you uh, didn't have me there, so we just thought, thought it would have been a bit, bit crowded if you were there. A little bit crowded, yeah. We were only sitting in the boardroom at Crown, so I mean, we could only fit like forty people, 40 people in there, and there was like already three. Yeah. <laughs> well, the- <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, you, Mark Henry and Hartley, they would have they're, they're big boys. They'd well, they took up, up seven spots yeah, each between so, them. No, that's all right. No, Digital Beard right. was there. Yeah. He was. Um, thanks to. To Rowan and the WWE. Yeah, and Peter and, from the WWE as well. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, you're right. We should also thank uh, the guys at RSN and also Macquarie Sports uh, Network as well who will be sending that interview to and hopefully uh, we'll be getting a run there, which would be great. Yeah, it's nice to have a little partnership with some radio stations. Yes, it is. Uh, let's move on, guys. We've got a uh, world-class wrestler to join us for a chat. Yeah, Chris Basso from uh, Riot City Wrestling. 
joins us on the line now. G'day, Chris, how are you? Hi, boys. Ah, very good. Very good. What about yourself? Yeah, we're all well over here. Thank you, mate. Thank you for asking. Uh, first of all, uh, congratulations, mate, on Riot City, Riot City Wrestling over there in South Australia. It just seems to be going strength to strength. Ah, uh, yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks. It's brilliant over here. So we're going to seem to be able to do a really good thing at this point. Um, just riding the wave, it's just fantastic. And and you you went uh, live on YouTube uh, a week or two ago. Now, how, how did that all uh, how that all go? Oh mate, listen, that was uh, with three days to spare. <laughs> we had our production team just randomly sent me this fateful message. Hey, what do you think about live streaming this event? And I, of course, like I have complete faith in these guys, um, and um, they just did an absolute stellar job. It was a bit of a bit of a stressful event. Um, getting it all going, but uh, these guys, I can't believe they pulled it off. Three days, X amount of camera angles, I can't, I'm not even going to go into the technical details, but they did an absolute amazing job. And you're just opening more doors in the future. And how was the feedback that you're getting from um, people who were watching that at home? Oh, look, it's been it's been nothing but positive. And um, the thing was, is it wasn't the live stream itself. We had absolutely zero expectations. We, I would have been happy with a, you know, with a two-camera switch. Um, and no graphics whatsoever. We, we weren't going to announce it. Um, we told a couple of people, like I, I sneakily told a couple of guys that we may be doing it and they may be able to watch. Um, just with the view of just seeing how the guys went and being able to watch it back live and, and take some notes. But then we thought, ah, oh, let's just throw it up and we'll just go go hell for leather and see how we go. But yeah, it's been great feedback so far and it's, we've got um, a ton of stuff that we're going to do differently for the next one. It's uh, it's an interesting situation. There's promoters out there who think that it's going to hurt them at the door, so they're not even wanting to really look at it as such. But there's also promoters out there that are thinking, well, hang on, if this can be another revenue stream for us down the track, well, then that's not a bad thing either. What side are you on? Well, correct. Well, I suppose there's also like, there's that, like, do you have a paywall or do you not? Do you expose your product to the market for free or do you expect them to pay you know, $100 or a month or $10 a month when you've got the big companies like you know, WWE and even, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a completely different sport, but UFC charging $10, $12 a month with their vast library, how do you compete with that mm. at that sort of price point? So we've been on the mind, we've been of the mindset of let's let's keep things, like especially if the show's over, let's throw it out there and just throw it out there for the masses to see. Let's at least just expose it. And let's just get you know get get our product out there for people to see. When I'm not asking people to pay anything to watch it on YouTube, especially if it's been done. Um, and these live events that we're throwing up here for free, um, it's just uh, sort of further cementing what we believe in, and that, and that is YouTube is going to be a vital option for us um, in the future, in terms like both financially and um, I, I have a massive faith in YouTube as being one of the biggest streaming services um, going around in the future. Yeah, and with that... Obviously, obviously, it is already, but, you know, yeah. that goes without saying. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that it'll be viable for us in the future, for sure. And you had uh, one of my favourite young wrestlers over on the last show, which is Royce Chambers. Um, yeah. How did, you, how did you guys go about scouting young Royce and getting him over? Uh, look, Royce has been... He's been in contact um, with us for well over a year, um, and we, we've constantly... <laughs> if anyone contacts me, I, I just go and watch their stuff straight away. Um, just to see if there's anything in it. And um, I saw something in Royce immediately. I spoke to the promoter from PCW, um, and I found out that Royce was coming down for 
I'm sure you'd remember the show. We're going to the, ask um, about it Iron later. Fist. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, we came down for that second one. Uh, we came down for the the third one, the show that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> came down for that show, and that's when we I actually officially met him then, and we just you know spoke further and um, put a bit of a plan in place for him moving forward, and and there you go. Yeah, I think there's the sky's the limit for him, and um, it's really good for um for your young guys as well to be able to mix it up with people who they're not training with every week. Definitely, definitely. And Royce just ticks all the boxes for me as a um like as a trainee and as a worker. Like he's he's super hungry, he's super humble, which is one of the biggest things that we promote here. Um, like if you're a, if you're a dickhead, you're not welcome here in a nutshell. Um, and uh. He just he just goes out there and just makes things happen. Like he's just not expecting bookings, not expecting for people to believe, you know to give him anything. He's going out there and he's doing it himself, and it shows uh, shows a great character, and I hugely respect that. And that mullet's a thing of beauty as well. So. <laughs> and that mullet is. I'm actually I've just watched one of our boys walk in with potentially the biggest mullet in Australia. His name's Down Under. This mullet is a thing of beauty, and uh, him and Royce were comparing mullets. At the show, uh, it was quite uh, entertaining. You normally wouldn't relate a mullet to Down Under, would you? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're going to go, Tony. I was thinking maybe a, a hair versus hair match in the future against those oh, guys. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, it'll be a double count. Oh, loser shaves, loser shaves. Maybe, maybe. It could happen, mate. It could happen. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. What's the um, what's it like helping to build the scene over there in Adelaide and getting more eyes on the product? And what, what's your goal as a company in the short term? In the short term, so we've just done we've gone through a little bit of a rebrand. Um, management has changed slightly. Um, so a few of our senior boys have had to uh, boys and girls have sort of stepped up, and we've got now different roles than we had in the past, um, which is taking a bit of adjustment. Um, Considering, like a lot of us have uh, a lot of other commitments as well, we you know work, family, etc. Um, but uh, with a lot of hard work to begin with, but we're really starting to hit our strides now, and starting to um, you know feel a bit more comfortable in the roles that we're doing. So for us as a company, um, rebrand, we've got a new logo, we've got some new sponsors coming on board, which we'll be able to announce shortly. Um, and um, for us, it'll just be further cementing this uh, live stream. Um, again, we'll have some more announcements about that. Uh, not far off um, but th- that'll be it for us like our team is constantly expanding and um, with our uh, with our rebranding we'll also be like a complete refit out of the gym um, the gym and our, our facility that we have here I mean, we packed uh, we packed 130 odd people into that last live event that we ran um, and um, the first time we had it licensed uh, it, was, it was a really really quality night um, and we're just yeah so our goal is to constantly upgrade our facilities we're putting, always putting money back into the product itself, um, and I'm just dedicating a lot of time um, into into our training programs and into our guys that we've got up and coming. Chris, would it be fair to say, and, and I know you've been around for a while, and back if we, even if you go back to the '80s, I'm not sure if, if you were sort of. I know you were sort of late uh, early 2000s, but Adelaide wrestling has sort of been pretty much underworld type. It, it, it hasn't been as at the forefront like it has been in Melbourne and Sydney in the past. Is that fair to say that that has changed dramatically in the last few years? I think so. I think when wrestling started, um, wrestling was of a much different, like the scene was so much different to what it is now. 
from at least from my opinion. Um, and a lot of the guys who started around sort of my time, like my brother, um, George was around there, Slater was around then. Um, and then you've got all the, the ECW boys that came over here and trained at the Monster Factory um, under Cole Devani just before we were sort of around. Um, the scene then, Adelaide was like the place to be in terms of like the best training and the best wrestlers. Like it was, it was second to none. And like all those ECW boys will be a testament to that as well. And the guys from down here, Rocky, Steve O'Neill, the guys leading the charge um, under Cole's tutelage was, it was just, this was the place to be, to get to get your training done, to get it done. It was, it was definitely come to Adelaide. In terms of putting shows on, I think that we've always had somewhat of a quality product, but I think we just lack the, the people attending. Mm. Um, whereas we've still had, like both ourselves and Rampage, um, over the years have had a consistent, like at, at times yeah, we're pulling you know, four to five hundred. Um, there's your spot shows that like I've owned at Rampage have pulled a thousand. Um, like at that big, uh, there's a big arena show and then I think there was a, a seven and theater show a while ago. We've always definitely had numbers there and we have consistently had on average over the past two years, um, con- like on average has been three to 350 people to a show. So it's, the numbers are there for us to be financially viable and for us to make you know, to make some good money. But I think it's been our internet um, exposure. Like I, I don't think enough Adelaide guys are really putting themselves out there as much, and that's what we're trying to change now. That's a massive part of our rebrand is trying to expose ourselves and not only our brand and our products, but South Australia and Adelaide and the, and the, the wrestlers that we have over here. We want to put out what we can do and what we like what the future is for us. Because you see, you see heaps of stuff about the PWA and everything. I over there, but what you got over here is so underrated. Just underexposed. I remember doing a show at the uh, Holden Social Club in Elizabeth back in the late 90s. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think we had like 150 people come and it was a, a massive night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still remember, I wrestled on one of the last... Um, one of the last Mitsubishi social club shows. Yeah, oh, actually, um, it could have been Mitsubishi. Maybe it may be, but it was definitely it was. it was definitely a car manufacturer in in Elizabeth. Was that with? Oh, that, that would have been up at Holden. So we we also there was also a contract for um for the Mitsubishi one. Yeah, I think I didn't remember that name. Yeah, but he was doing them, and um, yeah, yeah, that was classic. He's put away. Um, do you think things like the World Series wrestling shows when they're running is um, a great opportunity for the local wrestlers to get because I know I saw you wrestle in Melbourne on uh, one of the recent tours. Is that a great mm. way of uh, to find those new eyes interstate? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the thing is, is a lot of the guys from interstate we all know each other and stay in contact. Like we, like the the messages that I'll receive from from guys from all over the country, like on a daily basis, is, is crazy. Um, but uh, in terms of meeting each other and networking and stuff, I think it's sensational. That was what you were getting at, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just getting over there and like, you know, and meeting some of the newer guys from Sydney and some of the newer guys. Like I didn't do the Perth show. We went up there, but I definitely went up to Queensland and I met all the Queensland boys there as two. As two and that was really good to see after um, our export, Todd, moved up there and he was sort of hyping that up to us. Um it's, it's, I mean, it's great for me and it's great for uh, Adrian, the promoter, to see all the guys because it gives him 
further ideas and he was, you know, planting seeds for further, you know, further bookings and passing that on to the bookers, et cetera. Definitely. So just a selfish question for myself. When are we going to see yourself uh, over on the Eastern States a little bit more? <laughs> Me on the Eastern States? Uh, look, fingers crossed. Um, I've got a pretty hectic lifestyle over here. Um, currently renovating a house from start to finish. Um, from a big, like a big thousand square meter block and it's a sloped block. So I'm doing absolutely everything, including all the retaining walls and that for myself. So I'm, my time is sort of dedicated to that and the family and then, and then this year. But, but fingers crossed you send me over there a bit more uh, in the next 12 months, uh, 12 months to 48 months. Hopefully I'll stay over there for a while. Well, we're going to see you in Sydney uh, next month, aren't we? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah, up there for Polistan. That'd be great. I'm super pumped for that. Looking like a good show. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we're we're all flying up for that. So, are you really? Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we do get to see you on that. So, I'm just hopefully. I said Eastern States. I'm really hoping for more more Melbourne. <laughs> that, that doesn't include Sydney. We don't include Sydney as an Eastern State. Uh, but no, you're wrestling, you're wrestling Matty Wahlberg on that show. That should be yeah. a lot of fun. Look, that'll be insane. When I saw the list, um, when I first saw, because like I didn't know who was going to be in the tournament. Like I knew that I was in it, but I had no idea who else was until they were announced. Um, and as I saw each person coming up, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. This will be interesting. Oh, it's definitely going to be them. I'm definitely going to be fighting them. And then all these matches start getting released. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be, oh, no, it's not. It just kept getting ruled out. Each person that I was going to be fighting. And, um, and now it's Matty Warburg. And that was, I am happy to say that was one of my top picks in the tournament to fight. He's um, such a talent. You guys seen much of Matty Wilberg? Yeah, we've seen him a couple of times down here in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Matty is uh, like I've I've been um, again. He's one of those guys I've spent quite a bit of time talking with over the years. Um, and to our guys, it's here. I used him as an example when it was I think it was in his first year of working shows. He was putting up these little promos on his page, and he was really struggling to get bookings, I believe, at the time. Um, but he was just putting up these promos and just this just the realism and. What he was putting out just connected with me personally, but like I could, I like I've never experienced anything like that. What what I picked up on in his promos and the character that he was developing for me, that was just such a natural flowing thing. Like he, and then by looking at his ability, and you watch him in the ring, and again, man, it's uncanny to get someone like this um, with such little experience to have such. Such an ability, such a natural natural athleticism, uh, and to be one of the most um, flamboyant and over the top guys as well going out there, he's off the chart. He's actually an interesting character. You're absolutely right to the extent that he's definitely a heel. There's no doubt about that. Especially when he's down here in Melbourne. He's not in Sydney. He's not. But when he comes down here to Melbourne, but he's a heel that you you really find it hard to hate. (laughs) For sure, for sure. Well, it's one of those things. He exudes confidence. Like he's just he is a walking testosterone tablet you know like he's just so full of himself that he's that he backs it up yeah everything that he talks about he's completely backed up like he can't no one can deny anything about him he's completely undeniable that guy yeah it's, he's like almost the quintessential if you wrapped up Sydney as a human being it's Matty Walker <laughs> yeah. very good point that's good. That's very good sure. point yeah. whatever it is sure. he definitely has it can you take a yeah, blue oh, plastic yeah. cup into the ring with you or something just to <laughs> <laughs> To go against the ring. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like Matty's great. So actually being able to step into the ring with him, like we've, I've had him over here 
um, for RCW once before, um, and he did really, really well. He was in one of the best matches of the night, and he fought one of our guys, Caddy Trey, who was also a young up-and-comer. Um, and those guys did, did a really good job. They had chemistry together. Um, but um, actually being able to work with Matty in the ring is going to be um, it's going to be massive for me. I would be massive for him as well because we've been speaking about it for ages and um, just the relationship we have already together. I think he's one of Hopefully, we've got some really good chemistry out there. Yeah, he spoke really highly of you when the match was announced as well. So I feel like you two are going to yeah. go close to stealing the show. Oh, well, mate, that's fine. You haven't seen his best of recently. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Matty's. Um, yeah, he's he's great. And I know he he speaks highly of me, but um, you know, the guy needs the spotlight needs to be on him. He is such a top guy, and you just need to be watching him in the future. If you don't know, then you don't know. I just want to talk about um, movie-inspired spots. Um, oh, yeah. The uh, <laughs> Titanic. Titanic spot with Matt Hayter. <laughs> <laughs> what brought that on? Were you just, it was just on Channel uh, 7 one night and thought I could work this into a match? Well, listen, I've, um, I have come out to a, a guitar version of My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion for the last five or six years yep. as my entrance music. And... Um, I don't. I think it sort of happened when the whole world class thing came about, and it sort of just really fit with what I was doing at the time. It was a joke. Wearing a big sparkly jacket was a joke, <laughs> and then it stuck. And I haven't been able to get rid of it since. No. So you just got to roll with it. <laughs> roll with what works. And um, I did that as a joke. I was going to try and do it uh, on one of the World Series tours. Um, I was really sort of struggling to get over. I was booked as a babyface or something. Um, God, ungodly reason. Um, <laughs> I think it's more. I've been a heel. You were booked opposite Slex, and Slex was the heel, and you were the baby face. Sure. That felt unnatural for, sure. for both of you, mate. That was that was so bizarre, and um, I'm just trying to get over. And there was not even like a bad reaction. There was just no reaction when I came out. Oh my God, it's going to be a real shit fight. <laughs> and Slex is this massive baby face. Quote unquote heel, like he was, you know, he was just so over. It was just, it was so tough. And then I just made, I think it was a referee. I made him get out there and do that Titanic thing, and the crowd actually started warming to me. I'm like, oh, thank God, nice. better keep doing that. Then. Now, so uh, there we go. Now I need to know why can't we talk about Iron Fist? I know oh, we're going to talk about it. Oh, right we're now. Talk about Good. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was pretty outspoken about Iron Fist when it happens, and I know that you guys were sort of left holding the baby um, when that happened. Um, yeah. For those who don't know, Iron Fist was uh, probably a fan who decided he wanted to be a promoter and um, yeah. booked a whole heap of talent. And then I'm not sure what the specifics were, but flights weren't paid for and visas weren't obtained. And um, end of the mm-hmm. day, RCW stood up and basically took a loss, paid the wrestlers, made sure the show went ahead. And from all reports, yeah. it ended up being a really fun show. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. We actually trialed. It was to to jump forward a couple of steps. Yep. We actually trialed um, live switching on that night um, between our cameras. So we were running graphics. We used the whole show as a bit of a bit of an experience for us. Um, you know, while there was like you know we not only did we take on all the promoters' debts, um, but we also took on the responsibility of, of putting the show on. But we thought, look, while we're here, let's give this shit a crack, um, and let's. Let's go nuts. So we did, and we, we tried some stuff, um, and we had a bit of a new setup backstage for the boys. Blah, blah, 
well. We bought so many bits and pieces for um, just to make things a bit more comfortable for us uh, out the back in the gym or in the locker room. And um, it uh, turned out to be yeah, quite a success, more more so probably internally than um, than for the fans. But I think the guys, I think everyone at Rock had a great time. It was a fun, a fun show. Um, but uh, yeah, Iron Fist, which is pointed out, it was essentially a fan running a promotion. Um, are we going to mention his name or what's the deal? <laughs> um, like but yeah, look how it was. How many hours before showtime did you guys take it over? It wasn't. It wasn't lot. A lot. Look, it, it wasn't long at all. I think it was maybe shit forty eight or seventy two. Like it was like, it was like two or three days or something like that. Um, two days. I can't remember. But you had some fun with the naming of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was in a in a very violent text message between myself and my brother. <laughs> um. Yeah, we just, I just said, no, fuck it. <laughs> and I just said, really. Sounds like Iron Fist needs a good fisting. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely needs a fisting. But yes. look, the, the, um, to the promoter's credit, he, um, like, I absolutely spat it at him. I lost it at him um, because it was just not doing the Adelaide scene any justice whatsoever, let alone the Australian scene. Um, and it was giving us a real shitty reputation. And I know that there were bridges burnt with um, with venues um, and there were bridges burnt with, with other companies that we'd spoken to about it as well and other workers. Um, and um, after after I, I spat it at him, he sat there and he took everything on the chin and he said, thanks for taking over or thanks for, thanks for your help. I'm really sad. And he's apologised for everything as well. Um, so to his credit, like he did at least take it all on board. Um but uh, look, in my, in my opinion, and from what I've told him, he'll, there will be no more promotion for him. I won't be encouraging that at all. And but, uh, as a positive, look, did I, it bring the Adelaide scene a little bit closer together? It really did. And it was something that I've been, it's been like a baby of mine for a while. I've been trying to, to reach out to all the guys in Adelaide. Um, but I feel it's time in Adelaide now for us to sort of drop all the, all the bullshit of being exclusive and working for one company. Um, I've been trying to break down those those sort of barriers for quite some time. They're doing it in a way that's not just going to cause chaos and everyone's working everywhere and blah blah blah. So we're building relationships with with the promoters and we're building working promotion like working relationships with um with all the other guys in charge and introducing people the right way and um and we're slowly getting there with in terms of like letting a few sort of filter through and work a few different places. Everyone's talking. That's the big thing. Is all the promoters are talking. Um, all the talent are getting to know each other. They're working with different talent and stuff. And it's only going to benefit the scene. Um, it's, it's really only going to benefit everyone. So that's, that's what we're trying to do is just, you're just trying to create good vibes and, and um, get the scene working together because and once you're working together, you're working against each other. Well, it's never going to be good for anyone. Congratulations, mate, on that because uh, we were watching it all go down on Twitter with all the, the messages and stuff and we couldn't believe how it was being put together and – and uh, and run yeah. in, in such a short period of time. So from from all of us, yeah, well done on that. Let's get to some listener questions because I know we've got a couple of yeah. very interesting ones. Lyle, do you want to kick us off? No way. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've got one from uh, Jack Bonzer. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Who's that? Yeah, big Jack listener Bonzer. of the show. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Why is Don Marnell so handsome? <laughs> Mate. Jack Bonzer, you're a bloody classic, mate. Uh, Don Marnell. Well, I'm yet to meet this man. 
So I believe he's in he's based out of Sydney now, isn't he? Uh, I believe so, yes. yes. Yeah, sweet. So I'll dare say I'll meet him and see the, the handsomeness in person. Might be blinded by his handsomeness. Mm. Oh, shit. Blinded by the light. <laughs> well, sure, you got any? Uh, yep, I got one from Dean Brady. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, Dean, I'm, I'm actually looking at him, believe it or not. <laughs> well, you can tell him why. You can you can answer this question too. Well, actually, then. no, put him on the phone. He can ask the question himself. <laughs> Stuff it. <laughs> Mate, he's in the middle of a bloody world cup. Uh, why can't I find a one ended stick? Why can't I find a one ended stick? Dean Brady, because the other end is probably lodged somewhere in oh. your anal cavity. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Brady, the shittest bloke on the planet, let me tell you. Yeah. I hope he listens to this. We I hope he that. listens to this. We have had him on before. He's out of shape and he's tough. I've heard that. No, Dean Brady, he's a legend. He's one of my guys over here. Um, I hope to be doing something with him in the future, maybe tagging or something. But he's, um, I can't speak highly enough of that guy. But um, uh, let's not talk about that. That's the only nice thing I'll ever say about him ever. All right? Other than that, he's tough. We yeah. can edit the, all the nice stuff out if you need to. Yeah, good. Yeah. If you can, please speak all of those. Yeah, we've got a fair bit of anything to do on this one, let me tell you. <laughs> um, uh, Scott Scriven asks, what was the background to the Mimic character? Uh, well, look, it's somewhat of a Mimic, uh, somewhat of a tribal um, element to it. Like I, at the time, was into, um, like I had really long dreadlocks down to my waist and... Um, we were going to a lot of heavy metal gigs and one of the bands that we were, we were going to see was a band called Tidal and they wore white face paint and they had UV lights um, that they came out to. And we got to know these guys after a while and we got to know their um, their band manager and he started getting involved and we're promoting a few shows together with these bands. And one time he said, oh, let's get fucking Tidal down there. Ah, oh, no way. And he said, yeah, they want, to, they want to play a theme song. They want to play an extra song for someone. So... Um, I was just chatting to them and they said, oh, let's pick one of the stages and, and it'll be for me. And then we just thought, oh, shit, I better wear some better wear some face paint like these guys. But I don't just want to do the same thing. I still want to stand out. So, so I, was, I, you know, I looked around at a whole bunch of stuff and um, different styles and I just, I had never done so much bloody face painting in all my life. My eyes were so riddled with bloody lead-based paint probably by the end of it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but the outcome of it was is a real sort of minimalist, but uh, sort of tribal style design um, for my face paint, and the rest was sort of based on speaking to these guys, and and it was sort of a collaboration between myself and the the band members of Title, really. Chris, a final one for you, and I want to talk to you about your hobby. I know wrestling's your full time job, but I want to talk to you about <laughs> yeah, your hobby of being yeah, a police officer. Ah, sure. uh, yeah. The old um, police officer. Yeah. Uh, has there been situations where you've oh. spoken to people and they said, you're Chris Basso? Believe it or not, yes. <laughs> because uh, a lot of our fans live in the area that I patrol. <laughs> so um, that happens quite a bit. Um, it's also, I've, I'm, I'm not like the most, I'm not the most textbook police officer in terms of my look either. I probably have the longest hair of any bloke in Safehole. I just seem to get away with it because I'm sort of nice to everyone there. <laughs> but um, so I sort of stand out a bit, I think, compared to other cops who have real short, short back and sides, yeah. or shaved heads, or crew cuts. Um, and I've got quite long sort of hair, just to slick back, so no one really notices when I see any bosses. But but um, 
yeah, being a cop, it's uh, it's quite an interesting thing. It definitely changes you. <laughs> and there's definitely been a few situations where I've been thankful that I've been a wrestler, and, and the confidence that I get from wrestling um, has definitely got me out of a few sticky situations. Is there a um is there a similarity between the brotherhood and sisterhood of the police force and the brotherhood and sisterhood of wrestling? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I think that was that's why I, when I joined um, SAPOL, it was in 2015. I sort of made the transition quite easily from um, from just being in a normal working environment, um, where I was like I used to work for a small business, and then I went from there straight into SAPOL, which has you know 4,500 people, um, and you're part of Team Blue. It was uh, that was massive, um, but you know, like being part of wrestling. You're part of Australian wrestling. You're part of wrestling, like pro wrestling. You're part of that brotherhood. You speak to everyone. You talk to everyone, and everyone gives you that respect straight off the bat. And everyone gives you the time of day. Um, and so is exactly the same. It's just like being a part of a massive team. Team Blue, we always win. Do you ever say to your uh, fellow police officers, "Please don't come to the show tonight because it's likely to drop my door"? There might be about <laughs> hundred people that don't come because they might get arrested. Oh uh, shit! Mate, I've had a bunch of coppers um, on. Uh, like when we do when we run shows at HQ, amazing facility there, Pierre. Sort of similar to uh, Matt's Watts over in Sydney. Yeah. And um, when we run shows there, it's not far from the Highland Street Police Station. And I've I've told a bunch of those guys to come. You know, when we when we have a show, and I've told a bunch of them to come down and have a look. And there's quite often like I'll be wrestling, and there'll be twenty odd coppers standing at the back <laughs> watching. <me. laughs> the great the great news but, is that the wrestling done. continues in Highland Street after the show. It oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> Until yeah, two in the morning. That <laughs> <laughs> it is. Hey, Chris, it's been fantastic yeah, having you chat to you, mate. We really do appreciate your time, and uh, we wish you all the best with uh, Riot thanks, City Wrestling man, over there. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks uh, thanks to you guys for um, for everything you do, like with these podcasts and um, getting it out there. It's, without people like yourselves, and with like you know guys like uh, the other ones, like WRA with Todd and uh, the B Plus with Greg and stuff, like without all you guys there, yeah, what are we? What are we as wrestlers? Yeah, correct. But it's thanks to you guys, like you really sort of. <laughs> Very modest, and we're, and we're, Tony. Well, Brady. But no, thanks to you guys for you know at least giving us the time of day and, and bashing us and having faith in us and stuff. It's it's really humbling, um, especially you know speaking to you guys as well, and knowing you're all flying over to like you want to watch us wrestle. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's so actually, thank you. It's actually funny you mention it because we've spoken about this a few times, and we love the fact that we get to speak to a lot of Aussie wrestlers. And everyone has a different story to talk about. And there's some really interesting people, guys and girls out there in the wrestling scene. And we, we walk out of the studio most Wednesdays thinking, that was a bloody good show. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so for sure. you got you and I, I, it. Oh, no, thanks, mate. Thanks. We, we're fun. But, um, yeah, like we're, all the wrestling scene's in great hands. It's, um, it's only going to be almost an upwards from here. But yeah, hopefully we'll look forward to meeting you all guys over there. Well, we'll definitely introduce ourselves when we're in Sydney. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time, Chris. Beauty. Thanks for having me, guys. All the best. Chris Basso joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Hi, this is WWE Hall of Famer Greg the Hammer Valentine, and you're on the Turnbuckle. And welcome back. Third part of On the Turnbuckle this week. Uh, Chris Basso, what a lovely bloke. Yeah, very good. Good to hear someone from Adelaide. Um, you know, the scene's getting bigger and bigger and, you know, their online presence, they're trying to uh, yeah, get out yeah. a bit more. I'm also looking forward to seeing him at Coliseum, yes, which will be good. that'll be very good. Now, guys, I'm, I'm really disturbed at the moment. What? Hang well, Derek Jones. This, we're meant to be going to PWG. What? 
Yeah. What are you? I saw what are you bringing it from Dowie James this week. Oh, you're on Dowie again. Yeah, and I just want to mention that sake. he was talking about him and Gino not being booked or something by MCW. Super juicy, overlooked. MCW playing favourites. What's fucking new though? Dowie James has got a real. He's got a mental problem. One minute he's talking about well, he called fans you, he called disrespecting you MCW. I think, think, I think um, he thinks you've so got he's a definitely problem. got a mental problem. <laughs> One week he talks about fans disrespecting MCW, and then the next week he goes and disrespects himself. Don't look at me. I'm I not going to support. I'm not going to self. I'm not going to support you on this. I'm close personal friends with Dowie James. Uh, I'm not sure where he's going at the moment. He's got a real complex issue at the moment in regards to. I don't think he actually knows who he is. I think I, he's his character himself very confused in his head. Lyle, have you heard of keyboard warriors? Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, Tony's a microphone. No, no, you're a microphone warrior. No, I'll put it you out there. You would never have yeah, the guts to say this be, to Dowie well, James. And that's hey, crap. Hey, hey. And that is crap. I'm not a faceless warrior who just puts in their pseudonym to something and then puts it out there. Mate, I'm here. I'm Tony Shebeki, and I'm saying Dowie Jones. Dowie who? Dowie James. You are Dowie going Jones. through a – Nick Burry's, mate. Well, Dowie James, you are going through a real crisis at the moment in regards to you internally, I just, and I think you need to seek some help. Tony, don't say anything that you wouldn't have the guts to say to someone in person. That's okay. all I'm saying. Don't don't egg him on because we don't need another unprofessional outburst from like you. Like what you did with Lockie Hendricks backstage. Please, I'm, we're probably going to be backstage coming up for MCW. Well, you probably going to be at Bathurst. Just – and well, I'm sort of probably safe. Well, I think you might probably be banned safe. anyway. Yeah. Well, this is a... look. You're wrong. Dowie's right, in no. my opinion. No. What? what are... Mate, you and you're totally entitled to your opinion, as I am. Right. I'll sit on the fence like I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> like you normally the do. Splinters. <laughs> PWG had Battle of Los Angeles on the weekend. How'd it go, boys? Well, no one knows because <laughs> we can't no. get footage of it. Yeah. So the, for the, about two months. Yeah. The, yeah. There. It's very. Um, Old fashioned, yeah, old fashioned. They, they don't, don't, have they don't television stream. in Los Angeles. No, no, it's it's all DVD <laughs> market, uh, which is something it's about. DVD? What's a DVD? Yeah, it's a half the population don't even own DVD players no, anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe you can get it. Is a, it on Stingray? What's that? Oh no, so Blu-ray. Tell me, Mom, you're right. <laughs> I um, from all reports, look, there's some Australians involved. Yeah, that's why we that's actually what we talk care about it because we don't know who because we haven't. No, seen no, we we, we know we've read tweets. Oh, okay. Yeah, Caveman Ugg was on the show oh, on uh, night one and night three. And Mr. Moretti. Mr. Moretti. Good friend of the show. Yes. Yeah, an alumni. Um, <laughs> did very well. And there's some... He big... wrestled Joey Janela too. Yeah. So... And an absolute really? cracker of a match uh, opening match. And he got uh, Please Come Back chance from the crowd as well. So and did no... Ugg, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so did Ugg. That, that, that crowd is perceived as... People in the know, because yeah. you do well there, you eventually get signed. People in the know and Ryan Satan. <laughs> no, but there was, um, yeah, I don't know, Jim Smallman was there. He used to own Progress and now he works for WWE. Yeah. He was there. Tony Khan was there for one of the nights. So this, some very. Your mate was there. My mate is, uh, I've got a lot of friends. Old mate Melts. Oh yeah, my boy Melts, and he he did he put over all the Aussie talent. Now there was someone who made a surprise appearance on the last night. Yeah, uh, that would be a uh, young Paris De Silva, and <laughs> did he blow the crowd away with his shooting I, star press I DDT? Believe. Oh, I saw the photo of that. Well, yeah, it's it's a special move, and uh, yeah, it's great to see 
a young, a really young guy from Sydney go surprise entrant in front of one of the most hardcore fan bases yeah. in the world and blow them away. Yeah. So no, from all reports, the all three nights were great, and the Aussie guys looked really well. And you know, only disappointing outcome is Mark Davis from Aussie Open have a potential ACL injury. Ouch. You know, wasn't in a match; it was just in a warm up yeah, pre show, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was just pre show from night one, and so that jumbled it around yeah. with uh, his tag team partner Kyle Fletcher. Um, so interesting to see what happens at MCW in October mm. because of that. Now, something everyone did see was the two-hour commencement of NXT on the right. USA Network. Well, no, not really. But oh. See the first half? We saw the, sec- I saw the second half. <laughs> um, we'll get into that, though. Uh, the show, what I saw was really good. Um, the response was really good. So the first shot has been fired in the Wednesday Night War. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've been the, the four-way women's match. Yeah, you know, I thought that was great. Um, I, I, think I think that could be a point of difference because I don't think AEW's women's division is strong. It, it, is as it strong. Could, yeah, is as strong. You know, I don't know they, they well, beat their those, chest that it is, but, but I think a uh, NXT's is better. That was their best four in the ring at the same yeah. time, though. So those four, I mean, uh, Io Shirai's one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. Yes. Um, Candice LeRae has been one of the best independent wrestlers for the last 10 years. So those two girls, plus Bianca Belair, who, who Mark Henry mentioned earlier, she's a, she's a freak athlete, one of the best athletes in the world. Um, so those, those girls are always, and then Mia Yim as well, but they're always going to put on like an amazing match with that, that amount of talent in the ring at the same time. Yeah. I thought it was good. Some, you know, a lot of very different styles in there. Uh, I know that the, the quick finish in one of the matches, just almost like a UFC finish, just ran at each other and one guy got a stomp and, you know, the match was over in 30 seconds. I think you need to throw that in there, you know, to to make it, you know, a high spot or a finishing move getting hit that early. Matches can finish at any time. You know, re-educate the fans if, if there that's is, what it is. There is a negative and AEW is going to have the same negative, I think, next week when we talk about it, is that, we have got no real access to it in Australia. Um, we can't watch it live. It's actually a step backwards because NXT, we've always been able to watch live on the network. That'll change. Um, and now we can't. So until a Foxtel or someone do a deal with them or do a deal with AEW, and they have no plan to at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, they probably have no reason to at the moment because it's not... It's on next week. No, no, I understand that, but it's not a... It's only been going for a while. It, yeah, I think I think it's WWE really should be trying to have that available live outside the United States until yeah. they do get a deal because they're they're hurting us a little bit yeah. um, because we can't watch it live and I I hate watching things on replay. Yeah, especially it's so hard to avoid spoilers nowadays, and you know it's tough to even go out of your way to try and avoid them as well. Just that's how we are these days. We want to know what it is, um, especially when your job's online. Like a lot of what I'm doing is online. Yeah, at the you moment. can't you can't escape it. Um, but the you know I know WWE their international um, rights deals are big money earners for them. So be stupid to overlook it. That's for sure. Kenny Omega on NXT boys. Uh, yeah, he's interesting. He's he's very weird. 
when it comes to that kind of stuff. He was saying if if NXT and AEW were together, the NXT talent would be all opening match guys or dark match guys, which, you know. Oh, really? He hasn't, you know, with, it's a little bit in batting for your own team. I understand that. But, you know, you've got guys like Johnny Gagano, EO is one of the best wrestlers in the world. You know, I don't know. I just felt like he made himself I, look a little bit stupid. I think it was in character. Yeah. I think it's just a character version of Kenny Omega saying something that's going to be controversial because if he if the, any of the NXT guys bite back, they've got a big social media following. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a just smart business. It's I think Kenny Omega, the human being, is not going to do that. Yeah, oh, um, I just when when he's in that sort of character, I don't know. He's the he's the main guy there. Mm. You know, I, I don't know. I, but it's going to be interesting. You know, the war of words is got, a, got well, us got us excited when it was WCW versus WWF. So a lot of that aid roster have failed NXT wrestlers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kenny Omega was there for a uh, cup of coffee uh, before going on to bigger and better things. He bet on himself and left, yep. so it wasn't like he was fired. Yeah. The uh, 24-7 title, boys, has become a women's belt now. Yes, Carmella rolled up truth and won it, and now it's a procession of the ladies chasing up Carmella all the time while truth helps her escapes. Look, I think it's a fun belt, and I feel like having switching it over to Carmella changes things up and really freshens the title because it was getting – I was thinking how many more times can Truth win it when he was on 17? Yeah. Um, this way, now Carmella's got it and it gives the girls who aren't on TV something to do. So it was a bit of fun. Yeah. The thing I'm looking forward to the most, if they keep it in the women's division a bit longer, is seeing more of the Iconics get involved in that kind of comedy stuff because they're not – obviously they lost the tag team titles so they're not as prominent at the minute. So if they could – you know, cross over into that stuff and be interested. Like if um, Peyton secretly wins it but then gives it to Billy to wear and people are trying to roll up Billy but that's not going to win them the title that's because it. Peyton's you know, champion. You're stupid. Yeah, like, You're joking me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, boys, time to head over to WA where we catch a very good friend of the program. We say g'day to Davis Storm. G'day, Davis. Very good, eh, fellas? How are we? Oh, very, very good by you. Uh, we're excellent, mate, and things are going really well over there in Perth. We thought we'd just touch base with you. A couple of big things happening over there. First of all, let's talk about the uh, the big training school that's coming up, Super Camp. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a uh, we've got a huge training camp coming up, run by myself, Damien Slater, and Gavin McGavin. Obviously, all a part of the School of Pro Wrestling over here in Perth. Uh, it's it's basically what I would look at as a bit of a finishing school. So it's for people who have a little bit of experience in professional wrestling already and we really want to focus on uh, some of the skills that maybe some of them are, are being missed by trainers or possibly just sometimes it takes a different voice to get through to people. You could tell someone the exact same thing that their trainer's already telling them but sometimes hearing it from a different voice can really help. So... We're really excited to, to try and get a big fan out here. We're, we're trying to appeal to people. It's basically open to anybody who can get themselves to Perth for that week. Um, so we're, we're really pumped about it. Um, myself, McGavin and Slater have got a lot of experience between us. Trained with a lot of different people all over the world. So we bring vastly different experiences together and different points of view on wrestling and hopefully we can pass that experience on. So what dates is the camp? 
Uh, so it runs from January 6th to January 10th. And on the 10th, we'll actually be running a showcase at the school as well, which is uh, the shows that we run for our members. And it's also open to the public uh, for a cost of $10. So uh, it's a chance for people to compete under the ECW umbrella and uh, put some of the skills that we were looking to teach them to use. And how, how long have you had this idea um, in the back of the mind and what, what brought it to the forefront uh, at this time? So I'd say that the, uh, the thing that first popped the idea in my mind to give credit where credit's due is actually uh, when PWA first started, Ryan Eagles ran something pretty similar over in Sydney. Um, I'm a good friend of Ryan's, so uh, we've, we've discussed this over time and he's obviously gone on to coaching in, in other fields. But it, it's something that I thought was really interesting to, um, you know, when when people visit from interstate or you travel, you're able to pass on a little bit of the knowledge you have, whether people ask you to watch their matches or um, if they come over to training school, you might get a single session with them. But there's a lot of things, there's a lot of aspects of professional wrestling and you can maybe tidy up one or two small things in that time, but it's hard to have a big impact on people. And uh, I think the School of Pro Wrestling has got a really good reputation. We've obviously been going for over 15 years now, turned out some outstanding students, some that are very well known and some that aren't so well known, but I think the quality of our training uh, always stood up no matter where our guys and girls travelled. So uh, this is a chance to get everyone under the under the same roof and then try and pass on as much knowledge as we can in, in a short space of time, condense everything down, obviously, as sharply as we possibly can. Um, but it'll give us a chance to have four and a half full days with the guys and girls where we can really focus and, and hone their skill set as much as possible. So, Davis, if people want to get involved with uh, the camp, where should they find more information? Uh, the best thing to do is email us at info at com, or there's also, if you just look at ECW Forward Pro Wrestling Super Camp on Facebook, there's actually an event created that you can follow. Fantastic. And also speaking of events, uh, as the Royal Melbourne Show starts to wrap up in the next few days, the uh, Royal Perth Show kicks off. And uh, once again, you guys, EPW, are going to be very much a part of that. Yeah, it's our second year at the Royal Show. Uh, we actually did a we did a much smaller show maybe about a decade ago, but last year was the first time that we ran uh, the full week at the Royal Show doing three daily shows, uh, which uh, Jet Ruka and the one who shall not be named uh, came to visit us for, and uh, that was a great experience for them. And once again, we've got some outstanding young talent coming over to share the experience with the APW crew. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really exciting experience to be able to get through uh, for some of the guys and girls who are super keen they will wrestle the full 24 matches in eight days for someone like myself who's trying to preserve the body a little bit i'll probably just pick and choose my moments uh there's lots of things to do it, it's a it's a great experience that there there will be sessions where you might need to rest or you might need to host the show or uh or you might get the chance to wrestle so it's it's a really good education on all aspects of professional wrestling and our guys and girls, our trainees who are very close to debuting on shows, it's a good chance to, to get a little bit of a feel for all those things.
And Matty Wahlberg's going across. He is. Matty Wahlberg is coming across. We've also got Nick Golfus coming from Adelaide. And I believe Vance Adams is making the trip as well. So um, some outstanding talent coming across and really looking forward to mixing it up with the boys. Good on you, mate. We really appreciate, once again, your time and hopefully uh, both the camp and the uh, Royal Show uh, go really well for the company over there, mate. And I think we'll be seeing you uh, in Sydney in a couple of weeks' time. Yes. You're going to see me win a giant sword. Fantastic. And then you can knight us. (laughs) Be careful how I swing that thing about. (laughs) Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time, Davis. Much appreciated, guys. Take care. Davis Storm joining us here on the Turnbuckle. All right, let's have a look at some of the upcoming shows around Australia. And on Friday, September the 27th, PCW Next Gen is on Infantry Gully in Melbourne. This is the only show in town as the AFL takes over Melbourne this week. Of course, AWA in Brisbane presents Beers and Bruises, and an 18-plus show there, and that's featuring Jess Troy versus Kelly Ann. I think Robbie Eagle's on that show as well. Okay, beauty. Yes, he's uh, first match back in Australia. Saturday, September 28th, of course, grand final day. Nothing. Is happening. No, there's no PCW. Apart from Newcastle Pro Wrestling presenting Boots and Who's. Who's? Boats and Who's. Who? What? Boats and Who's. Oh, Boats and Who's. <laughs> the takeoff on the stepbrothers, Boats and Hose, Tony. Okay. Uh, as you heard Davis mention, EPW in Perth will be at the Perth show from September 28 till October the 8th. Matty Wahlberg over for that. If you're promoting a show, please get in contact with us and we'll let people know where they can find you. If you've got an idea for a podcast, contact mypodcasthouse.com or us here at On The Turnbuckle and we'll put you through the right people to get you on air. Well done, boys. Great show. What have we got next week? Um, I'm bringing a guest in next week. Oh, finally. A super guest. I feel like I've done all the work recently in that regard. You're giving us content, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you've brought in all the guests. <laughs> so you, he's gone big, oh. a super guest. Really? He's yeah. Gone from a Hall of Famer this week. Well, I know it's not Lockie Hendricks because he's not here anymore. He's no, just as big. Oh, just as big. Well, look forward to it. I'm not telling you who it is. You can get a surprise. Lovely. I look forward to it. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks. On the turnbuckle, done for another week. We'll catch you again next week right here on mypodcasthouse.com.